Hey, welcome back to Sage May Speaks. Today, I'll be interviewing an actress who's been in all of your favorite shows, from NCIS to How to Get Away with Murder to Good Trouble. She's attended the Yale School of Drama and has been acting forever. She's not only capitalized on her type, but she's cornered it. She knows exactly which boxes she fits into. On top of it all, she has a beautiful family. Please welcome Heather Mazer. Heather, thank you so much for being here. You guys can't tell, but she has a beautiful sweater on. <laughs> it's very fuzzy and warm, and it, it kind of is that shedding type of sweater that <laughs> sheds over best. anything that touches. Yeah. <laughs> so how have you been during COVID as an actor? Oh, gosh, as an actor. Um, well, I'm sure, as you know, you've talked to some people that it shut down for a while this year. So that was it's you just at times you look at it like a blessing you get to spend some more time with your family and relax and there's nowhere to go and no pressure and nowhere to show up to and nothing but but then the flip side of it is I don't know for me as a mom and I also really need my uh my work I need that part of me and that part of my identity so I was really happy when things started up again and and now it's very, the protocols are, are very, very intense, but it's keeping everybody safe and people are working. And so we got to do what we can do so we can keep, keep, uh, I don't know, entertaining folks. So whatever <laughs> we need to do, right? Yeah. I feel like people also realized how much we need actors mm -hmm. because and when everything shut down they turned to the shows we're in so take that <laughs> so much more netflix so much more content we've been watching yeah, yeah such totally. a crazy year so speaking of that have you been working yeah. on anything recently right now i'm back on this show called tacoma fd awesome. it's a comedy that's on true tv so we just started our third season and um uh, yeah, and it's kind of the Christmas break, I guess, right now, and then we'll start up again in, in January. So. How have the COVID sets been for you? They've been fine. They've been okay. I mean, it's a little strange, and each set is a little bit different, um, how kind of strict the rules are, but everyone's been very respectful with what we need to do, with really just masks and testing and that good stuff, but um, yeah. You know, I feel for the for the COVID guys that are on on the sets now, having to test 150 people or what have you constantly, and making sure everyone takes the test. And so, I feel for those people. Would you be able to walk us through a day in your life as a actor on set during COVID? Uh, sure. I mean, it's there's a lot of testing before you show up to set. Um, before you even have a costume fitting, you have to get tested now these days. And in the costume fitting, you have to wear your mask. And um, I did a show where even, you know, you get your picture taken in the different costumes for the producers to approve one. And one show had me wear the mask for every picture even, <laughs> wow. um, just for the producers, not, not even to get a set, you know, just taking it off in front of people in that room wasn't okay. So, um, and then once you're healthy and you have a go ahead, I think when you get to set, you get your temperature taken. This is the latest show that I'm on. Every set's a little different. Um, and then if you got a temperature and your tests are good, then you just go forth and it's really just wearing your mask at all times, except when you're in the makeup hair trailer, you can take it off. And, uh, 
one show, which was really weird, you had to rehearse with your masks on. So you couldn't even see other actors until they said action. Wow. Um, so that was a show I just showed up to. So I hadn't even met these people yet. And so, you know, as we go through life and we have masks on, we can't hear people, we can't read them. So it's a little funny. And then the first time you're really rehearsing and seeing people is when you say action and can see the other half of the person's face. But other than that, it's, I guess, crafty is different, you know, the food yeah, oh, I bet. stations, right? Yeah. I, so yeah, all that stuff. And it's kind of handed out and they give you a menu and you have to pick one beforehand. You don't walk through, they make it for you. So, but really it's all, it's all, it's all still fine. The whole crew's masked up, but it's good. I'm glad that you've been on the safe sets. <laughs> yes, awesome. right. So I want to hear your story. Yeah. How did you get into yeah. acting? Yeah. I mean, I think I was like, I have a three-year-old little girl right now and we just started a dance class because she said she wanted to, and then she freaked out and didn't want to be in the class. So we stopped. Certainly not a big deal. Um, But that's how I started. My mom put me in dance class and I really took to it. And um, so then I started singing class and an acting class. And um, I was a musical theater girl growing up, kind of did all, all of it. And I did my first movie when I was 13 or so. It was a horror movie wow. called Night of the Living Dead, remake of a, of a horror classic from the sixties. Um, so that kind of put me on the map with the, all the horror fanatics and I mostly did theater. And then I, um, I went to, uh, Carnegie Mellon's, um, acting school for musical theater and out of that, I toured in a musical and I realized I really just wanted to act. And so I went back to school. I got my master's uh, at the Yale School of Drama. And that was an awesome program. And then I, I got out of school. I think I wanted to just do the classics and be in New York. And then I was, I don't know, 26, 27 out of Yale and um, realized like holy moly I need to eat so I I, <laughs> I flew to LA and where you can make a little money as a means to an end I think I came out here to kind of like get myself on a tv show so I could go back to Broadway and do a, I don't know Richard Greenberg play on Broadway mm-hmm. and and uh coming from the tv it would be easier to get on the stage and then here we are 16 years later I moved out here in 2004 and now that idealistic ideas definitely a thing of the past and I just am happy and grateful to be a working actor really yeah it's awesome yeah I, I enjoy what I do I, I really really do and I love being a mom and a wife and having a family and but work is I didn't realize how, was, how important it was to me until I had kids um, it's kind of my me time yeah yeah thank you Thanks. That's so interesting that you went from Carnegie Mellon to Yale. Like that's, can you talk about like the decision to keep going to school? Because so many people are like, yeah. No, it's so funny to think back on, but you know, I went um, to Carnegie for musical theater and even though the musical theater students were in the same classes as the acting program, we just did more with the singing and dancing. Um, If I'm being really frank, when I went to New York, I just didn't, I did. I still didn't feel like I had the tools. I went out for, I think, a role in a cherry orchard, some checkoff player, really worked hard and wanted it. And I honestly didn't think I had the tools. And so I just applied to Yale and I didn't think I'd get in because that's where Meryl Streep went. This is my thinking, <laughs> like, I'm certainly not going to get in. And then I did. And then I realized that it's, it's not out of anybody's reach. It's, it really is like relationships. It's like timing 
and if you're supposed to be there and you just be you. I've had people audition for Yale after I've been there, extremely talented actors that didn't get in. I went to two really good schools. I auditioned for Juilliard when I was 17. I didn't get in. So it's did just I. Like, <laughs> yes, exactly. It's like you're supposed to be where you're supposed to land. And I loved Yale, though. I loved the teachers there. I got all those tools I was looking for. But it wasn't, I went there thinking, I'm going to be the worst one here. Let me just fail all the time because this is where Meryl Streep went. This is what I'm really thinking <laughs> of 24. And that's just not the case. It was extraordinary teachers, but it was a range of talent and a range of, of kind of like different levels and where people came from. And then the incredible teachers just honed each individual artist to make them the best art, artist they could be, not a cookie cutter version of a Chekhov character or what have you. It, it was a really... It was a special time in my life. And I still have such close friendships with a lot of the women, especially in my class, um, that I'm super grateful for. Yeah, I, I think anytime anyone hears Yale Drama School, they're like, Meryl Streep. Like, Meryl me, Streep, like, that's no. all you think of. <laughs> yeah. I know, it's hilarious. It's hilarious. I actually, that one of my favorite teachers, his name was Wesley Fada, and he's now retired. He was the movement teacher, but he was just starting as the movement teacher when um, Meryl went there. Wow. Leslie, tell me everything. <laughs> what was she like? And he, she, he said, uh, he said she was that good when she got here. He was, she was oh, like, everyone crazy. wanted to work with her. She was a comedian. Like she Aww. was just Oh, incredible. she's so cool. I know, right? <laughs> okay. So that actually leads me to my next question once sure. again. <laughs> so what techniques did you learn? Do you use any specific ones? Yeah. Well, I have not done a play since 2005 and that breaks my heart to say oh. it i had my first kid in 2014 so i think i was kind of auditioning for plays here and there but mostly just working in tv and film and uh and then when i had a kid i can't wrap my head around that schedule such a hard schedule the eight shows a week and you know one day off and all the i just i can't do it they're too little i have a six and three year old right now so it's been a long time so the techniques i learned at school typically apply to mostly to theater. And I feel like I've had to learn a lot out here in front of, in front of the camera. Gosh, I don't know. That's a really good question. Like I, I think I'm an amalgamation of a lot of different techniques and watching people and learning as I go. Um, and I can't tell you like a specific, not being helpful, but a specific, <laughs> You're good. a specific something or other. Um, but I can think of so many it's really watching other actors on set um, and learning. Cause I didn't go to TV school. I went to drama school and, and really learning how to hone in for um, film and television and watching, watching actors and going, ah, oh, like I, I see what they're, I see what they're doing and kind of stealing, stealing from them through the years and developing definitely more of an ease and more of a um, kind of a, uh, I think when I first started out and when, I first started working out here in Los Angeles. I had a little more angst about trying to get it right or what the, and now it's, I really have this approach of like, it's not brain surgery. It's really not. It's, it's just, just bring yourself to the role and, and it's okay. It's okay. You know, people flub all the time. Ah, let's go back. It's not a big deal. You know, it's really not. What's the first thing you do when you get a script? Um, read it. Uh, I'll read the script. <laughs> Read it from the interest and then just try to get a sense of um, 
like what the overarching kind of arc is for the character and what they're after and what they're missing in their life and what they what their objective is nice i love it yeah (laughs) (laughs) so i've seen you in so many shows you were amazing in good trouble and ncis and awkward like and you're always i feel like from what i've seen Mm. you in you're always kind of an uptight uh-huh. kind of either CEO <laughs> or mother you're always I feel like those two <laughs> and I feel right. like you have that corner though mm-hmm. so I'd love yes. to know how you got your type and how you figured yes. it out yes 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 because this is really geared your podcast is geared towards um people just starting out yes yeah. okay yeah so this is what you know some someone shared this with did something when I first got to this town it was in an acting class and people just had to walk out. You just literally walk out and you look at the class. You kind of just met that day with the first class and you just like look around for like five seconds. I mean, you might be like, hi, I'm Heather Mazur. And then you turn around and you sit down in the chair with your back towards everybody and everybody in your class, other actors, start spewing out what they see. I remember at the time someone said like, oh, one of the guys, can, I was younger than that. I like can drink as much as the guys. Um, uh, I, I, that was the one thing I remember now. But it was <laughs> such a great, <laughs> it was such a great um, exercise because it encapsulates your essence, like just what you are when you walk in a room. And through trial and error, and not necessarily knowing, because especially going to two acting schools, I. I want to attempt to be able to do it all, but especially in television and film, you have an essence to you. Like I just met you and you have an essence to you. And so on TV and film, that's what people will cast you as. So I've always, I heard a lot very early on, like a strength. So that equates to like smart, accomplished, grounded women. And then as I've gotten older, I can play those lawyers and CEOs and women in power position and a little bitchy and a little snobby (laughs) and a little snarky. Um, This is just what, I don't know. It's it's necessarily me, but it, it kind of exudes from me. Like snarky does not exude from you in the slightest. And you might be an incredible actor, but in television, they just want to capture that essence. I am not going to play a Dolly Parton, bimbo even if i am kate blanchett and can hone that it's just not what i am so so i do get cast in a lot of the same roles and at this stage in the game especially as a woman and at 44 in this town that kind of honors uh women to be younger i just want to work and so it's like i know where my niche is i know how people i know when i get a role i know what i can um i know that i can read it and be like oh i can go snag this because i've been in this town long enough so to your young listeners i guess that's what i offer is to really be truthfully because we want to think we have this huge range what is that essence that I just exude and go after that to try to get some work, not to limit yourself, but at least in the beginning. Um, yeah. You're always the <laughs> badass CEO lady though. You're always right. so cool. Every time I see something you're in, I'm like, 
She's going to be a badass. (laughs) (laughs) So since you have had so many cool roles, what's your favorite one? You know what? It was, um, well, I recently was on How to Get Away with Murder and just getting to hang with Viola Davis and talk to her as I was working off set um, was just a highlight. She's just such a wonderful human being and down to earth and gracious and just likes humans. Like she's not a elitist and the star of the show. She's just a good, cool person. And so that, that was definitely a highlight. Um, but I think of this one show, it was a show that didn't last long and it was a show called doubt. And it was about a mother that, um, had lot, her son was murdered and, um, the murderer, I don't know, just the body is somewhere to somewhere. And, they, I guess the murderer admitted to killing her son, but has not revealed where the son is, like a 13-year-old son. And so it was this courtroom scene, and I'm begging this, um, talking about my dead son, begging this murderer who's sitting there in a the chair to tell me. It was just this long, beautifully written monologue. And I think I was a new mom. I was at the time. And I got that audition and I was so psyched. I was just like, I cannot wait to go nail this um, because there's just so much depth. So whenever I get something that has a little more um, depth to it, I I get really, I get really excited versus like a a procedural show where you're saying, you know, procedural jargon, I'm happy to do them, but you know, some of the little bit of stakes. So what's, one of the biggest things you've learned from auditioning? Gosh, I feel like early in my career, I had like a tighter fist and I feel like it loosened and it's really hard to just do that. But uh, there was like a letting go, literally, like just like letting go. And when this happened, I'm trying to think of how I attained that. I started working a lot more. It's that thing of like when actors go in and they want it and you can sense it and there's some sort of desperation. So I think what goes along with that is in the beginning when I got here, I was trying to look the part, get in their heads, what did they want, do it how they want. And I learned very quickly, um, or not very quickly, I learned just to bring yourself to the role. I'm not trying to dis television by saying this but it's it's really not rocket science it's not rocket science don't treat it like it's that don't treat it like it's like oh my god okay I gotta get every line <laughs> you know or if you fuck up a line and and then you know i remember like fucking up and then be like ah and trying to find and it's like it's not it's okay and everyone's human and then just to treat it like a human process you know it's a very very strange, you know, versus the average Joe that goes in for an interview. Hey, how you doing? Nice to meet you. It's, it's strange. People are sitting there watching you. I mean, not nowadays. Producers aren't typically in the room anymore. And now nowadays, I mean, we're doing it all from home, but, yeah. but um, that's kind of gone out the window. The producers being in the room, it's usually just casting directors, which takes a lot of the heat off and they just send the tapes off, but do whatever you can to take the heat that, that intensity off of you. And I think it was Patricia Clarkson, who I saw speak once, and she was like, auditioning is your chance to act for the day. And I loved that because we don't get to act as much as we'd like. 
So if you have this audition, instead of putting nerves around it, put that passion around it. Like this is my shot. And it's kind of my favorite thing ever. And it's, I'm sure that I have two young children is a big part of it. So I have so much going on with my life and little league and, you know, dropping people off at school and making lunches and I have to do this audition. And then I get back to this, but it is so awesome to be able to do your work, feel like, you know, I did my home run. I don't care what they thought. I feel like I did a home run and then honestly leave it there. In the early days, I think about it. Did I get it? Why aren't they calling? It went so well. And now I, I'm done and I close that door and I'm like, I'm, my work is done. I have nothing more to do. I felt good about that. Whether I get it or not, I wouldn't have done anything different. Or mm, if I had to do that again, I think I would have like, I wasn't listening or, I, or you know, think, learn for next time. But it's so awesome when I get a call. It's like, oh, you booked such and such. And I have to sit there for five seconds and go, what, which one was that? I have no idea. Because I'm not holding tight to these things anymore. It's, it's just, it's just freeing. It's just really freeing. I wish I had the secret equation to that because I wish it for every young actor, especially. And I think a lot of young actors have it. It's not to say like it only comes with age, but I had to learn it. I definitely had to learn, learn it but it's an ease. I love that. Yeah. I have, I have a habit of being like, oh, I want this so bad. And I then know. like, yeah. And then, and then attaching it. to yeah. it right after it's done for sure. Absolutely. It, yeah. Maybe it's too, I, I think at one point I write down old school, like with a pen. I haven't in a long time, but I like go through my emails since I'm probably a year or two since I've done it. But since 2004, I would write down every audition I had. Mm, I do the same thing. Good. One time I literally, I think I counted how many auditions I've had since I've been in this town. You can't not learn something yeah. just by doing it time and time and time again. If I talked to you in five years about what you just talked about, you would have a different approach simply because you've been doing it more. You've walked into more rooms, you know? It's, it's, a, it's a career that is so exciting, so fulfilling and like passionate and it's all of our passions why we start this and and pursue it and how awesome to make a living and not just be like a clocking in and clocking out nine to five not thrilled about what I'm doing I'm just paying the bills you know getting to meet new people every job and and you're hugging hello in a non-covid world and meeting new people and it's it's a different it's a different thing than most in this world get to do. And yet, uh, I wouldn't wish my children to do it (laughs) as it's hard. It's really hard. I don't want that for them. If they want to go there, okay. But I don't want that life for them. You know, it's hard, hard life. Speaking of your beautiful children Mm -hmm. (laughs) and how you balance it all, how do you Mm -hmm. balance being a mom and an actress? I think that when anyone becomes a mom, whether you're 20 or 30 or 40 um, and you have a career or you don't have a career, I think something maternal just happens where you just figure it out. You just figure out. I think everybody thinks before your first child, oh my God, baby, sleep, feel breastfeed. I'll do what I need. I'll clean the house and I can cook dinner. And you learn so quickly you can't get anything done with the baby. So you have to, and then you add a second and some 
people out there, I could never do it, add a third or a fourth. But you just figure it out. Or the people that have twins right off the bat and they have a baby on either boob, you just figure it out. And so I, I had to, I hate to say this, but I would learn lines sometimes driving to an audition. And I would used to be a person that would run over auditions with multiple friends the, the day before. Um, Cause I had all the time in the world and I didn't, ha- I didn't have time anymore. And so, and the hilarious thing is I'll run into other um, peers and friends of mine in audition rooms and the moms and they'll say the same thing. I just learned this in the car. I'm like, <laughs> and it's not for lack of um, wanting to do the work. It's just, you have that hour. That's your hour. It's probably not the safest thing in the world. <laughs> Definitely not. But it's like, that's your hour of free time because every the, the kids are always yelling at you and needing something. And so you you just adjust. You just adjust as a parent. So that's that's how I've balanced it all. And and I think most I think most parents just do. You just figure it out. So cool. I yeah. love it. I bet it's like that much better when you get the role when you have no time to learn it too. Yes, it is. It is a little strange. (laughs) So what would you have told yourself when you were starting out? Oh my, Hmm, that's a good question. I would tell myself, gosh, I would have done everything in my power to try to focus on my own unique qualities and my own talents. I think when you're younger, you can compare and pit yourself up and and see people who got the role that you were after and think, oh, well, they have this and I don't have that. And um, oh God, it's just such a waste of time. It's just, uh, that's pointless. So I probably would have, I would have tried to have been my own like leader. Um, I think I gained that. I think that was another reason I went back to school. Actually, I think I was looking for more of that. And I did gain that at my second school. I came out with much more of that, but I didn't have it after my first school and out of school. I was in New York city. I was scared. I was really scared. So it was, and I was younger, but it was, there were some people that were that age that had, that had more confidence. And I think it's just, it's just a belief in yourself. And you know what? You know, another big lesson way back when it was so long ago, fail, man, fail time and time again, just fail and get up again. Um, you're going to anyway, you're going to blow an audition and instead of being here, just learn from it. You get stronger from it and it's inevitable. And I think for me, there was a lot of like beating myself up, trying to do it right. And um, there's like simply no need for that. And I find that in my mother, mothering too, is to remember and to try to teach my children to, um, you know, you know, my son Leo had baseball practice yesterday and I don't care if he hits the ball, if he doesn't hit the ball, <laughs> it doesn't matter if you catch the ball, if you don't catch the ball, it's just, it's all part of it, you know? And if he gets bummed, which he didn't, but if he got bummed that he didn't hit the ball, there's the lesson that's, and those are the lessons I wish that I had a little bit more like, all right, so I didn't hit that ball. That's it's not the end of the world. I'll hit some balls and be kind to yourself, be gentle to yourself and honor yourself and your own unique qualities and talents and try and try to find teachers, you know, audition teachers or teachers or what have you that really hone in on your specific, um, 
greatness versus this is how you do a sitcom or this is how you do, you know, um, because it's not a one size fits all. It's, you know, what are, what are your special, special talents? I love it. <laughs> Thank you so much, Heather. My pleasure, it Sage. It was so great meeting you and hearing you your story. Too. I wish you such good luck. You too. too. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for You're taking welcome. the time out. No problem. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the episode, feel free to follow the podcast on Instagram at Sage May Speaks and be sure to give a rate on whatever platform you're listening on. Next week, I'll be with Eric Ilazaga.